0: beautiful December night. Hallelujah. I'm still not used to this daylight savings thing. I walk outside at six o'clock. I feel like it should be about 10 o'clock at night. It's like it's pitch black. Come on, it's six o'clock. Anyway, a couple more weeks, we turn the corner and head back towards summer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I just, uh, Bless you tonight. I give myself to you, and I ask you to strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us. Let us leave here a little different because we've been in your presence. You are our life, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I think I might go in just a little bit direct. Just a slightly different direction tonight. This morning didn't work out so hot, so we'll try something else, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. When we're born again, the Bible talks about us being like babes in Christ. We're like we're like newborn babies. But God doesn't want to leave us that way. God wants us to grow. And become the people that He's called us to be. To mature, just like just like in the natural, when babies are born, you can't. You you don't want to leave them babies. They're cute. They're wonderful, but they need to grow up. They want to be. If you want your children to be successful, to be productive, to be uh, uh, an active member of society, taking their place and contributing, we have to grow up. And uh, so, I just want to, very basic tonight. Just want to talk about the three things that all of us need to do, and. Basically, to grow and to become the people that God wants us to be. And it's something that you do at the beginning and you do all through your walk with God. It never stops. And that is to read the word, to pray, and to go to church. Those three things will help you grow. And it's things we do and will continue to do our whole life. (coughs) You know, the apostle Peter, at the end of his second letter in the second peter it says but grow in the grace and knowledge of jesus christ god wants us to grow up in all aspects it said in ephesians that we're to grow in all aspects unto him who is the head even christ so god wants us to mature and grow up he didn't want us to stay you know the, the apostle paul uh, in corinthians it was he said i couldn't write to his spiritual men but it's to babes in christ why you're still you you're still carnal. And you, you they've been walking with God for a while, and yet they were still carnal. They were still all fleshly. They get upset, and they quarrel, and they fight, and they fuss, and they get discouraged. And all those things. <clears throat> we have to watch out for that. We have to grow out of that. God, you know, it's it's the same in the natural. I'm sure all of you know people that, that are are in their 40s or 50s, and yet they're still very immature. You know, they never never really grew up, and that's a sad thing. But God wants us to grow up, and so we're going to grow up. We're going to become the people that God's called us to be. Why? So he can use us for his glory. That's what he wants. He wants to use us. He wants to trust us with his power, with his anointing. And that can't happen when we're just all immature and carnal. Hallelujah. So what's the first thing we need to do? First, we need to read our Bibles. Over and over and over again, you know, what, does, what does Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but what, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Bible is life, it's life to those that find them in hell to all their flesh, but it it, it, puts, it, it teaches us about God, who He is, what He wants for us, but there's life in the word, it strengthens us. It's, you know and I've been reading my Bible for well I, I was born again forty four years ago and when I first was born again I, I I had this all I can describe is this insatiable desire to read the Word of God and I was I was requalifying in the, in the airplane I was flying getting ready to come here to Griffiths I was i had I had a notebook you, know, you have to study all the, the fuel system the hydraulic system electro have, this is you have to Study. and i was supposed to be studying that but all i wanted to do was read my bible you know god had come into my heart and it's like what it's like what peter said he said like like newborn babes long for the sincere milk of the word you know the, the milk that will feed you that will strengthen you and that's all i want i just wanted to put the word in the word in the word in. and i read my bible through <clears throat> well i read the old testament once a year I read the New Testament twice a year. I read Psalms twice a year. I read Proverbs twice a year. And I just do that over and over and over. And you say, well, you've, re- you've read your Bible over probably over 100 times. Yeah, but I'm going to keep doing it. Huh? I'm just going to keep doing it. Why? Because it's, it's food. You know, just because I ate a plate of spaghetti doesn't mean I can't eat another one. Just because I had a burger doesn't mean I haven't. So you know what? I've been eating burgers for a long time. I'm going to keep eating them. Why? Because they feed me. They strengthen me. They put protein in me, and they taste good. Praise God. But that's the way it is with the word. You know, you you should never get sick of reading the word. It's food for your spirit, man. You know, it's, it's you, it caused you to be strong. I want to be strong in the Lord, and the power of God. I don't want to be a weak Christian. I want to be a strong Christian. I, not, and I want the word in me, not so that I can argue with somebody, not so I can correct somebody, but so that I will be the person that God wants me to be. So the word of God. You know, I was raised in a denomination where they didn't tell you to read the word. I didn't read the, the first time. The first time I ever read a scripture in my life was in public school, believe it or not in Mrs. Dow's fifth grade class at Rice Elementary School in Holden, Massachusetts. Every single morning, she'd pick up the Bible and she'd ask one of the kids to to read a scripture. And we'd go around the room. And they came to me, old Catholic Ned, who's been in, who's been in Catholic school for, for four years, never been in public school, didn't know what a Bible was, hardly. And all these Protestant kids, they knew the Bible, but I didn't, and it was my turn to read. And I said to I think it was Joni Nielsen. I said to this person, I said, what do you she said, read the 23rd Psalm. I said, what's that? She looked at you. It's like, what are you doing? You don't know where the 23rd Psalm is? Come on, everybody knows that. But she found it for me and I read it. That was the first time I ever read my Bible. But I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. There's something about it. Just, I mean, you, you, you've put it in and you, and you just feel satisfied. Like you just walked away from a good meal. Amen. So reading the Bible... All your whole life, you never stop. You just put it in, you put it in, you put it in, you put it in, and God will help, and you'll grow by there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Church. Go to church. When you're a Christian, that's what you do. You read your Bible, you pray, you go to church. Those three things you do, and you just continue continue to do it. <clears throat> God want that. God doesn't want us to be born again, and just to be living a solitary Christian life. You need to be someplace where you can be encouraged, where you can be fed, where you can be discipled, where people can help you when you get discouraged. Pray for you, encourage you when you're down. You know, with church. The Bible says that God puts the solitary in families. The church is like a family, spiritually to a to a born again person. Church is like a family like a family is to a new, like a new baby. It's a place where you can be nurtured. It's a place where you can be strengthened, where you can be encouraged, where you can be taught the right ways of God. And I I tell you, there's three things that I feel like, uh, three things that I, I gleaned, you might say, from my Catholic upbringing. One was respect for the ministry. The Catholics have a high opinion of the priest. When I was in Catholic school, if the priest would walk into the classroom, the teacher had one of those clickers. It was a metal clicker and she'd go click click we'd all jump to our feet because Father So and so was in the room. But respect for the ministry. And the other thing that they taught me was to kneel before my God. I love to kneel before God. But I learned to kneel in church. And the other thing the Catholic Church taught me was you go to church on Sunday. Now, i know they made it a rule that you had to and we went sometimes just out of obligation but i feel like that's it's a, it's is what god wants. god wants to put us in a fellowship somewhere where we can add our faith to theirs we can add our strength our giftings help them become, help them with the vision that god has put in their heart and when we become accountable you know when you're when you're in a fellowship you're, you're people are watching you you can, there's a good peer pressure on your life you're accountable, and then God wants us to be accountable. Oh, oh I had something on my mind. And I just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But church, a part of a family of God, God wants that for us. And uh, oh, uh, when we were out of ministry, for a couple of years back in the, around 1990, we were out of ministry. We we had a church. We lost everything. And I said, "We're not doing this anymore, but you know but we wanted to go to church. So we started looking around. We went to a couple of churches here locally, and uh, we had some friends in Lowville, Pastor Abe and Naomi Clemens. We said, "We'll try that." So we went up there, and God, God gave us the witness that that's where we're supposed to go. So for two and a half years, we drove to Lowellville every Sunday, every single Sunday, through horrible weather. Sometimes my wife would go alone because I was working. But through horrible weather sometimes, but we went because we wanted to be in church. And I tell you, God blessed us for that commitment. He, that pastor helped us, like, immeasurably. And we're probably back in ministry today because of Abe and Naomi Clements. But church, make church a priority. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. Sometimes I'm, I'm arguing with myself as to what I should say and whatnot. But our commitment to to church reflects, to some degree, our commitment to God. God, I'm going to separate myself on on this day. I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to go. I want to worship you. I want to feed on your word, God. I want, to, I want to be part of that fellowship. But I want to spend time with you. I want, I want to make church a priority in my life. And so we do that. We do that our whole Christian life. We go to church, we read our Bibles, and we pray. The last thing is prayer. Prayer takes time. Prayer takes discipline. Prayer is not easy. But it's the place where we fellowship with God, where we become intimate with him. We develop our relationship with God. Prayer is, is essential. I feel like to me, if I, if I don't spend time praying, I feel uh, somehow uh, I've missed something. Uh, I'm not quite where I should be. Uh, I don't know if I'm hearing God like I should. But God wants us to develop an intimate relationship with every one of us. And that's going to come in prayer. Spending time with God, just worshiping Him and thanking Him. You know, I don't know what's going on in my life right now, and but God has has been dealing with me, uh, not dealing with me. That's not the right word. Uh, God has been uh, making me aware of what I have, of of what I am missing by being born again. If I can, he, it's like He's He's revealing hell to me. I'm not, I I haven't been out of my body. I haven't had a vision or anything like that. But there's just something in me that realizes. That I have been set free from eternal torment, from a place of eternal, eternal torment, a place where you never, where you can never leave, and that's the one aspect of it that's becoming very real to me. That I'm not. Not only am I not going to hell, but when people who go there, one of the I've heard testimonies of people who have been to hell, and Bill Weese, for example. When you, if, you ever, if you ever read the book 23 Minutes in Hell, Bill Weiss, he, when he went, he said God re- removed from him uh, the, the awareness that he was a Christian. So when he was in hell, he wasn't saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I know I won't stay, I won't, God's good. No, he said, I, I, I knew I was going to be there for eternity. And that hopelessness, that utter despair that this is it for, the, for all of eternity. This is, your, this is your destiny forever and ever and ever. This pain, this suffering, this torment, this um, unbelievable, that's the way it is. And God has delivered me from that. And I'm becoming so grateful to God. You know, I just want to spend time, whenever I get into prayer, I just want to spend time worshiping him, thanking him for his grace, thanking him for drawing me, thanking him for his mercy, for his forgiveness. God, you're so good. Even right now, I just want to God. I just want to praise to you and I thank you that I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me. That I was reprobate. That I was a sinner. That I had I had no right to you, but you gave me, you made a way for me. So I bless you, Lord. I bless you with all of my heart. And worship prayer is a place where we worship God. We thank Him for His grace, for His mercy, for everything He's done for us. But also, it's a place where we develop our relationship with God, but it's also a place where the second, another purpose of prayer is is where we release the will of God into the earth. We declare his promises. We say that this is what's going to happen. You know, when it comes to the will of God, I feel like there's there's two aspects. One is uh, unconditional, and one is conditional. A few things in the word of God to me are unconditional in other words god says i don't it doesn't matter whether you like it whether you agree with it whether you want it it's going to happen i'm going to do this bang he does in galatians chapter 4 it says in the fullness of time god sent his son born of a woman born under the law in other words that was going to happen didn't matter whether you prayed about it it didn't matter whether you liked it disliked it, it didn't matter god was going to make that happen and he made it happen and that happens a few times in scripture but not very often But most of the time in scripture, the will of God. God wants us to know his will. He taught us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done. God wants us to know his will and to pray his will in the earth. Because his will is not always done in the earth. Some things are conditional. You know, I was thinking of that scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, it was an 11 days journey from Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. In other words, when God brought the people out of Egypt, out of Egypt he brought them to, in this Sinai to Mount Horeb, and he gave them the law, and he gave them the pattern for the, test, for the uh, tabernacle. And they were there, I think the Bible says they were there like a couple of years, building the tabernacle and getting ready to, and, and then when that was all done, God wanted to take them into the promised land. And the Bible says it was an 11 days journey. So they went eleven days and they sent spies into the land. And you know what happened? The spies came back. Two said we can do it. Ten said we can't. And they and and they did not do what God wanted to do. They would not believe what God said. And so his will to bring them in was not done. God's will is not always done. We have to cooperate with God. We have to declare that we believe it. We have to step out. And, and, and do what God says to do by faith. Even when it, says, even when it seems like we can't. If they'd have stepped out, they'd have gone into the promised land 40 years earlier. But that whole generation died because they wouldn't, wouldn't believe God. They wouldn't trust God. The will of God was to bring them in. But they couldn't make it because of their unbelief. And that's why I feel like there's so many, so many Christians. <clears throat> and I don't say this to condemn anybody. But I feel like there's so many Christians that are not walking in the fullness of what God, because they don't declare it. They don't speak the promises. They don't declare. You know, look what it, let me read this scripture. In First Timothy. I won't quote it right, so I want to go there. In First Timothy chapter 1, in verse 18. He says, this command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you might fight the good fight. In other words, Paul is saying, Timothy, you had a prophecy spoken over your life, but that doesn't guarantee it's going to come to pass. You know, I feel like we get Jim Jorgensen and we get others that come in here, and they speak a word over someone's life, and they go, oh, that was nice, and they get the CD and they go home, and they don't ever do anything with it. They don't. Put it back. They don't put it in. They don't declare it. They don't say, you know, God, you said this was going to happen in my life. I thank you. That's what's going to happen. I bind the enemy from hindering. I bind the forces that might be hindering that from coming. I release it in Jesus' name. I declare it in the name of Jesus. See, that's that's part of our, what we that's Part of our destiny on the earth is to is to be. You might say, co-laborers with God, releasing His will into the earth, yeah. and fighting the opposition that wants to come. So, God, Paul told Timothy, take that prophecy that's been spoken over you, and go to war with it. Declare it, bind the enemy. Keep, it. make that thing, declare it, so it will come to pass in your life, and all that God has will be revealed, and will be and will be manifest out of it. Thank you, Jesus. That's what God wants for us. That's why He wants us to grow up, so we can be. Declarers of his word, putting, it says in Isaiah chapter 53, God said, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance of my word. You know, I was thinking of that scripture in Daniel chapter 9. You don't have to go there. But in Daniel chapter 9, it says Daniel was reading the prophet Jeremiah and he saw where God promised that in 70 years, you know, in 70 years, they'd be in Babylon for 70 years and they'd be set free. And so he started to to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You said 70 years. The 70 years is up. Thank you, God, for doing it. Thank you for bringing us back to Israel. Thank you for bringing us back to the promised land. Thank you for restoring us, Lord, for watching over your word to perform it. God will watch over his word to perform it if we'll we'll confess it, if we'll release it into the earth. And that's part of the privilege that we have as Christians, is to work with God, you might say, and to get his, to to declare, to release his will into the earth. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So that's our part. We have to do that. God says, if you do that, I'll forgive your sin. I'll heal your land. And there's one other that I can't, I'm missing. But that's what God says. God will do it if we'll do it. So I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, read your Bibles. I know you do, but keep keep it up. Read your, and read the whole thing. Read the, you know every word. The Bible says the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And I want and I've said this so many times, and people say ha ha, they kind of laugh. But I'm serious when I say it. I want to if you, if you if you read your whole Bible, when you get to heaven, you won't be embarrassed. What do you mean embarrassed? Because when you get to heaven, you're going to meet Habakkuk, and Habakkuk's going to say, Hey, I'm Habakkuk. Did you ever read my book? And you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to say, uh, no, I was only a Christian for 40 years. Amen. You're going to meet Micah. You're going to, read, you're going to meet Obadiah. And I just want you to be able to say, yes, I've read it. My pastor told me to read the book, and I've read it. i read the whole thing. Because there's, there's, there's good stuff in the Bible. No matter where you're picking up it 's good stuff I tell you you know read Zephaniah read read Zachariah, boy, I tell you it talks about the coming of the Lord it'll it'll bless you you know the Bible says Jesus is going to come and they everyone every eye will see him, and the children of Israel are going to mourn and say this is the one we crucified, but he's our messiah they're going to realize it it's going to happen hallelujah great things I'd, you read read revelation it'll stir you up man. You know, so this is what God's going to do in the earth. I tell you, He's coming back. He's coming back not as the lamb, He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's going to reclaim His earth. And when, then we're going to go to a, a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a new Jerusalem. We're all going to live in the Middle East. Hallelujah. We're going to have a good time. and go. Gonna, this is my destiny. Um, that's why, you know, rejoice because you got a place in heaven and you got a place in eternity. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. Hallelujah. So, don't. Pray. Pray. Pray, pray, pray. Read your Bible. Go to church and continue to grow and become the people that God's called us to be. Amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you tonight. We're going to receive communion. We're going to thank God for what he's done, for saving us, for forgiving us, for causing us to be his children. We're going to receive communion tonight, and then we're going to go home happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.